Thank God for, for the song, I Give Myself Away. You're listening to Cornerstone Apostolic Church located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. Thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, you know, we just thank God, just so grateful for all that the Lord is doing and certainly have anticipation of what the Lord is going to do. Uh, we're journeying through the book of Ezekiel and on Sunday mornings, the book of Acts. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful, bold, the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God in Jesus' name. Now, for those of you that are joining and uh, some that may not have heard uh, some of the messages, we wanna invite you to go to connectingtruth.org Again, that's connectingtruth.org. And if you click God on Demand, it will take you to an archive of messages and you can uh, come up to speed and, and where we are right now. Uh, certainly, we appreciate you being with us. But we've been fasting and praying since the beginning of the year. And I want to encourage you to join in with us, consecrate unto the Lord, set aside a day of the week to you know, don't eat that bowl of Reese's Pieces peanut butter cereal and, you know, mix with Cocoa Puffs or whatever your vice is or whatever your taste is. Uh, someone needs you to pay it forward with some fasting and prayer. Someone is dependent on you and they will uh, be blessed by you and your consecration unto the Lord. I was feeding my mind with um, with something I want to share that share it with you, um, and that's um, a story that I was reading about from a book that I was uh, just focusing on and being blessed by. Uh, it's a little story about a, a young pastor who was preparing uh, to deliver his sermon. Uh, this minister stood to speak, and, and, and unknown to him, his young son had made a paper playing from the Sunday school lesson. Well, as his dad began to talk, his son, um, imagination lifted up and, and he waved the plane in the air with a zoom, you know, just playing as kids do. And his father asked him to settle down and, and he resumed teaching. Well, it happened again. It happened several times. And his son, you know, his imagination just flared up again, but this time, 
uh, the little boy let go of the airplane and it landed in uh, Sister Hazel's hair. <laughs> and so, you know, people chuckled and they laughed about what was going on, but, uh, but certainly the pastor and Sister Hazel was not laughing. And so uh, the, the pastor, he, he uh, grabbed his son and, and uh, you could see a son over his dad's shoulder and his son was screaming, pray, pray. Uh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Pray. This little boy learned the urgency of prayer. Do you know the urgency of prayer today? You know, prayer is something that, that we all need to partake in and, and to uh, be faithful to and, and seeking God. Uh, and so um, prayer is so important for each of us. So I just want to encourage you to, to pray and to seek the Lord to follow after him. And so uh, we're in the book of Ezekiel, the 21st chapter, beginning at the uh, 28th through the 32nd verse. It says, and thou son of man prophesy and say, thus saith the Lord God concerning the Amorites, the Ammonites, and concerning their reproach. Even say thou the sword, the sword is drawn for the slaughter is furbished to consume because of the glittering. While they see vanity unto thee, while they divine a lie unto thee, to the, bring thee upon to bring thee upon thy neck of them that are slain and the wicked, who day is come when their iniquity shall have an end. Shall I cause it to return unto the sh his sheath? I will judge thee in the place where thou was created in the land of thy nativity. And I will pour out my indignation upon thee. I will blow against thee in the fire of my wrath and deliver thee into the hand of the brutish man and skillful to destroy. Thou shall be for fuel to the fire. Thy blood shall be in the midst of the land. Thou shall be no more remembered, for I, the Lord, have spoken it. I believe Ezekiel's message uh, to this point was reiterating the same message as the little boy. It's going to get bad. It's going to be bad. And so to pray. We can't say that enough. As Ezekiel, this was his ministry. This is what God had called him to do. Uh, during uh, the time of Ezekiel ministry, he had to pray. Jeremiah had to pray. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah all prayed. Prayer should not be a laborious task for any of us. It should not be something hard for us to do. It doesn't mean that you always feel like uh, falling on your knees and praying or, uh, Sometimes you may not feel like praying. Uh, you may not feel like reading your Bible. Uh, you may not feel like doing some things that are required that you should be doing. Uh, but it's necessary and because it's right, we do it. So prayer should not be as a laborious task, but essential for uh, the life of the believer. You're not going to have an intimate relationship with God without communication 
just like you're not going to have an intimate relationship with anyone if there is no communication. You have to have some quiet time. You have to have some time to listen and to what uh, is being said by uh, anyone that is in the relationship. It, 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 that's where this business or intimate, any type of relationship requires some communication. Ezekiel 9, 3 through 4 says, Now the glory of the Lord God of Israel went up from above the seraphim, or the cherubim, uh, where it had been, and moved to the threshold of the temple. Then the Lord called to the man clothed in linen who had the writing kit at his side and said unto him, Go through the city of Jerusalem and put a mark on the forehead of those that uh, who grieved and lamented over the detestable things that are done in it. Prayer is uh, not a political thing. It is certainly not uh, something filled with hostility toward anyone neither is it self-righteousness. These people were praying against the things that they knew was wrong in the city, wrong in their community, wrong in their neighborhood, wrong in their home, wrong, you know, if you can't control it, uh, prayer uh, can make a difference. Uh, I'm reminded of, of Lot, who could not change the situation, he could not change the people, but he himself and his family was saved because they had a relationship with God. Uh, do you have a relationship with the Lord today? And so our prayers are not to be politically motivated, uh, certainly not filled with hostility toward anybody. We're not wishing bad upon anybody or uh, and it's not self-righteous. You know, look at me, who I am and all of that. I, matter of fact, I don't read that in the scripture. And the only time that that I, I did that I'm recalling it is someone was suffering from comparisonitis. In other words, all they did was compare themselves to the person that was next to them. I'm not like that man there who, uh, you know, started naming off the things that they were doing wrong and the different things that they had observed. Uh, it's not about comparisonitis. It's a terrible thing to get caught up. Uh, it's more detrimental than the diseases that you can think of because you find yourself uh, comparing to others when you should be trying to measure up to the statue of the man Christ Jesus. A prayer. I noticed uh, in our travels through the book of Acts that the disciples uh, had been threatened. They had been arrested, beaten, Deacon Stephen, stoned. They jumped on him and was biting all over him, uh, and at no time did he make a derogatory remark. Neither was anything said against the leadership while they prayed. They prayed for boldness. They prayed to be a better witness and that the will of the Lord would be done. Are you praying for boldness to be a better witness? Are you praying that the will of the Lord be done? Are you praying for the leadership of the community, the leadership of the free world, the leadership that is scattered throughout the globe? Jesus uh, prayed and prayer was brought about, has brought about one of the greatest deliverance in history prior to the birth of Jesus Christ. Exodus 3, 9 through 7 says, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people 
which are brought or which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. I know who's causing them to cry. I know who's causing them to suffer. For I know their sorrows. And I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey into a place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold the cry, the cry, the prayer, the cry the groaning from deep down inside, the emotional taxation, the, uh, and all the things that, that get bottled up in us that causes us to cry out unto the Lord uh, at times. I've heard it, I've seen it, and, have, and it's come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. God made an observation. He heard them, and he had empathy, he had compassion, and he interacted with them to resolve the issue. Why? Because they were crying out unto him. Are you crying out unto the Lord? The children of Israel had an out, but refused to take it. Now remember, Ezekiel is telling them that God is upset with you. He's telling them that the sword is coming. He's telling them that even the hand of the Amorites, you know, the one, the Amorites have always been a thorn in the flesh of the of the children of Israel, when they came out of Egypt, they were being led and the Amorites would not allow them to cross through and to use their land to pass, to go over to the promised land. And so they've always been there in the way, but now they're going to suffer affliction by the hand of the Amorites, all because they refused to pray to a sovereign God. They chose to spend their time uh, praying to statues with six arms and 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 snakes coming out of it, and uh, you know, and 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 the god of fertility and ramp and all these different things that have traveled down through from the uh, through the culture of time, rather than praying unto sovereign God. And, and so the Bible tells us that there were they had a way out, but they refused to take it, like countries and communities and individuals around the world today. You have a out. You need to take it. There is an exit strategy. You need to take it. Solomon built a house to honor the name of the Lord. And they left the house. They deserted the house. They got caught up into fixing up their own homes, fixing up their, their fresh rides and, you know, looking good for themselves and others, rather than being considerate about what God needed to see. God's not against uh, having things. He's not against. Uh, these things are here for us to enjoy. It's not us here to, for us to ignore. It's here for our enjoyment. Solomon built the Lord a house. Uh, and this was the church in the wilderness. And it is the church today. It is a dedicated, consecrated place to, that we gather together in his name for worship. We're worshiping his name. We're worshiping him and giving honor unto his word and yielding ourselves to obedience to his word. The Israel children said it's not necessary. And they turned to idols and images that they had made or purchased. Now, I may not get through all of this, but I want to let you know that you should read the second chapter 
excuse me, Second Chronicles, the sixth chapter, and, and go ahead and read that through. Because the Bible says that that Solomon, that he stood before the altar of the Lord. The house was finished, the, the church, the temple, uh, the place of worship was complete. And he stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of the congregation. And the Bible said that he spread forth his hands. And, and you know, he had made a, 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 a instrument so he could stand upon it and also to kneel down upon uh, before the congregation of Israel. And he spread forth his hand. Leaders, listen, uh, he spread the this leader, the king, was there in the sanctuary with his hands lifted up, praising God. You know, people should see the leaders lifted up with their hands, the church leaders. I'm not talking about civic leaders. I'm not talking. I'm talking about the church leaders that they are yielding themselves with their hands up in prayer and worship, not just patting their feet, not sitting there looking deep like a gorilla or anything like that. But but really just, you know, nodding their head as if there's some deep revelation coming, but lifting up the name of Jesus along with everybody. Because, you know, we heard the phrase, we're in this together. Well, when we're in service, we're in this together to lift up and to magnify the name of the Lord. And so the Bible said that this leader, Solomon, uh, that he lifted up his hands and he kneeled before the people. I remember going to a service that had flown to Northern California, was in Redwood uh, for a, a ministerial conference, and the Spirit of the Lord came into that place, and everybody had to yield and just bow down. Everybody, there wasn't no one standing. They were just in worship and seeking God. It, it didn't give a place for anybody to sing any further. It didn't give a place for the minister to get up and, and to minister the word. There comes a time where God just wants to do what he wants to do. He wants to wash us. He wants to cleanse us. He wants to make us whole. And so it's not necessary for us to do anything afterward but to say, yes, Lord. And so this leader stood up. The, when was the last time uh, someone caught you praying? Uh, they might have busted you sneaking some cookies. Uh, you know, or doing something else. You know, your wife might have caught you uh, in your hands in the cookie jar. You know, the kids might have came up on you and saw you getting some chips that you shouldn't have. Uh, but have anybody busted you praying? Have anybody caught you on your knees and, and said, oh, excuse me, or maybe slid next to you to pray? You know, I, 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 I get to the church early and I, I'll, I'll spend time in prayer and in uh, my uh, children excuse me, my children, grandsons will come and, and they usually get slide right next to me and get on their knees to pray too. Now, I don't know what they might be saying, but the point is, is that uh, they've made an observation and they follow that. And they may be just repeating what I'm saying. They just be mimicking me, but, but that's how you learn. And, and so uh, they do this. When was the last time that happened in your life? Solomon began to talk to God. He was praying. This man was talking to God. You know, if we would just spend time talking to the Lord. I mentioned at the beginning of the uh, of this broadcast that, you know, we've been fasting. We've been consecrating and seeking God since the beginning of the year. And we have, you know, designated days that that we spend seeking the Lord and, and prayer and fasting, even while we're at work. You can still be doing your job and in, in, in your heart uh, seeking God. And you're down within your soul that you are consecrated, that you're not being distracted from what you're doing. God knows how he's the only one that can multitask. 
He's the only one that can, that can focus on multiple things at one time because he hears all of us praying and he meets all of our needs, whereas we cannot do the same. So, but yet we can focus on the Lord and we can consecrate. On, matter of fact, you may do your job uh, much better when you're focusing and consecrating onto the Lord. And, and so Solomon had prayed this prayer. And I'm not going to be able to get through all this, but I want to encourage you to read this. Uh, but Solomon said, he said, hearken, therefore, unto the supplication of thy servant and of the of thy people, Israel, which shall make toward this place. They're looking here. They may not physically be there because they cannot. You may be at work. You may be uh, uh, doing something, but you you had the presence of mind to to pray. And so you turned in the direction of the sanctuary and you just begin to think about the name of the Lord. You begin to think about how great God is and the deliverance that the Lord brought about. You begin to think about and magnify God and, and just to love on him. And he said, he said, if they just uh, shall make toward this place, hear thou from thy dwelling place, even from heaven. And when thou hearest them, forgive, forgive them. Whatever is going on in their life, whatever is going on in your life, prayer will can usher in forgiveness. He goes on to say, then thou hear thou from this place and do and judge thy servant by uh, uh, by looking at those that are right, looking at those that are wrong and justify the righteous. Now, I, I'm jumping in, in through certain parts of the scripture here because, like I said, I, I'm not going to be able to read through all of it. However, I, I want you to understand here the, the significance of the prayer. He said, if they should return and confess thy name, verse 24, and pray and make supplication before thee in this house. When we come into the house of the Lord. We come in to, to seek God. We come in to make supplication. We come in to just talk to God about, Lord, you know, here I am. And you may not have done anything wrong that you're aware of, but it don't hurt to, you know, as I read, uh, read Daniel and how Daniel was praying, uh, Daniel was considered righteous. Uh, Daniel and, and those that was with him has a, uh, was, was considered to be uh, men that were of integrity and dedicated unto the Lord, but yet their prayers said, always started with uh, how, Lord, hear my supplication. We've done wrong. You know, it's not just, we're and when we talk about in this together, we should also, you know, we have done wrong. We have not done enough. We could have done more. We could have done better. What is it I can do? You know, God knows the difference and in, in, in how to justify. He knows the difference if what you have done is right and what you're wrong. But let's not be self-righteous because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Let's think about it. What is it that I may have offended God in that I did not ask forgiveness for? What about my family? The Bible said that Job, that he would, his children would get together and they would party and have a good time and just, and just have fellowship, loving one another. And so, but Job thought about it and said, you know what? What if one of my little knuckleheads uh, said something to offend the Lord? What if they did something that 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 God's not happy about? And so he would go out and he would make sacrifice for them. He would make sacrifice for his family. Are you praying and making sacrifice for your family, 
Are you praying and making sacrifice for the people on your job? You know, sometimes we should just pray for our bosses instead of talking about that they're not treating us right. We should pray for them. Instead of talking about how somebody's getting on our nerves, we should pray for them. We might find out uh, through, the, through, the, through the power of prayer that we have been, that we become finely tuned and we're able to tolerate and deal with something or deal with the situation much better because we have spent time in prayer, not putting it off on the individual, but what are we doing? Am I praying? Am I praying? Am I confessing the name of the Lord? Am I making supplication in his house? The 28th verse, I'm jumping down some verses, but, but he said, if you shut up the, shut up heaven and there's no rain because uh, people have sinned against you, but if they look toward this place and confess thy name and turn from their sin uh, in which is causing the affliction, that you bring about change, if there's a drought, if there's pestilence, if the enemy has come in and besieged, Lord, make a difference if they just stop what they're doing and just begin to pray. As I begin, as I read through this passage of scripture, something caught my attention as never before. It just stood out. And, and, you know, as you know, some, when God catches you and, you know, and brings something to your attention and enlighten you about something, it is such a humbling thing. It's not how great I am or anything. It is humbling. My, my eyes begin to tear up because I, I thought about how awesome and how merciful God is. Solomon in his prayer, he said, then what prayer or what supplication whosoever shall be made by any man. By any man, this is what called my attention. He said, if there's prayer, if there's supplication by any man or all of the people of Israel. So let's just talk about that. Any man, I begin to think about that. How many times have people found themselves intoxicated and they said, Lord, if you just get me out of this. They had a mind to pray. That's a good thing. I don't care how, how bad they smell from what they had just had or what they may have done. They may have been getting out of somebody's bed, uh, you know, and, and but yet in their heart, they would just say, God, I need to be delivered from this. I'm not, I don't want to be presumptuous in my livelihood. I don't want to be walking around and doing this. I don't want to be tagged like that. I don't want to carry on like that. Lord, I know down on the, that this, he said, if they just pray, if they, if any man, this doesn't say, you were saved, he said, if any man. He's talking about anyone that will recognize who God is and the name of the Lord. Lord, that if they just stop, that you will make a difference. When everyone shall know his sore, listen to this, and his grief and shall spread forth his hands in this, in this house. When people come in saying, you know, I, I, I don't deserve to be here. But God led you here. So God thought you and felt that you deserve to be here. He felt that you deserve to be in his house. God heard that prayer. He heard the desires of your heart, whether you uttered it or you thought about it or someone in the lineage prayed. And now that blessing has landed upon you and God has drawn you into his house. The Bible said it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. He says, then hear thou from heaven thy dwelling place and forgive and render unto every man according unto all his ways, whose heart thou knowest. For thou knowest the heart of the children of men and that 
that they may fear thee and walk in thy ways so long as they live. So when we ask God for forgiveness, when we pray to God, we're not just praying because of the crises, we're praying because it's right to do. You know, many wait until there's a crisis to, to pray and to see God. They wait until things are going south. They wait until things are so messed up. Crises are not the times to pray. But the fact that we have a relationship with God, we have an acquaintance with him. Listen, you know, let's look at it from this natural aspect. If you always if you have a friend and every time you see them, they have their hand out, you might avoid them sometime. You may see them coming and before they see you, you disappear. You know, if every time they come, you're going to scratch your head. Well, are you just using me? Do you just, you know, do we treat God like that, that we only pray for things? Our prayer is, is not about a relationship with him, about nurturing uh, the relationship you know, uh, when we wake up in the middle of the night, uh, we talk about pillow talk, and usually that's between a man and a woman. But, you know, what about when you wake up in the middle of the night, whether you're married or single or, you know, and you just and you just woke? That's a good time to talk to the Lord. That's a good time to pour your heart out, you know, to talk to God about you and him, you know, and, and to make things. You'll wake up feeling much better. You'll feel the peace of God. You'll feel the power of God when you do that. He said, moreover, concerning the stranger, verse 32, same chapter, second Chronicles 6 chapter, which is not of thy people, Israel, but is come from a far country for thy great name. They've heard somebody talking about how great God is. They may have heard it here on, uh, on Sunday morning live. They may have heard it on, on, on uh, because they went to connectingtruth.org and they clicked on the link and, and they went into uh, the archive of messages, God on demand, and, and they was listening to the messages and they heard that God's name is great, that God is power, that God is resilient, and that my God is strong. And, and it caught their attention. They said, you know what, I've heard that before. Uh, Apollo's water, uh, 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 Paul planted Apollo's water, but God gave the increase. And so uh, somebody's mentioned it before and now they heard it again and they, and they want to give themselves over to understanding it better. He said, then the stranger that's not part of Israel, they were not born as part of the children of Israel, but they come from a far country because of your great name. And because they heard how mighty your hand is and how and your stretched out arm that that no one can withstand you because you're great, you're sovereign. And they came to service. They came into this house to pray. Then hear from heaven and from thy dwelling place and do according to all that the stranger calleth to thee for. I love that. I love that. Because when you think about it, we were all strangers. We were all separated from God, uh, as the Ephesians talk about, that we were we were tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. We didn't know what to do. We were just going off of people's opinion and what others had told us and that old street wisdom and street knowledge. Uh, you know, if you just believe in God, you know, everything will be all right. But nothing was said about nurturing a relationship with him. Not, we weren't told. And one day God got in that. God knows how to use that that little bit. You know, somebody could just give you a little bit. God know how to take that seed that has been planted and cause it to grow, 
cause it to become something. Next thing you know, you, you want to know more about God. Next thing you know, you're starting to remember uh, different things that, that maybe you were taught. Are you starting to pay more attention? Are you starting to seek God? He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so we want to diligently seek God through prayer and, and nurture that relationship. He said, uh, Solomon's prayer said, Lord, he, he included everybody, the stranger. I was a stranger to God. You were a stranger to God. There are others that are estranged to God. But yet he said, if they call because they've heard of your name, if they call upon you, if they come into the church and they begin to seek you, Lord, hear their prayer. I, I, I just want to challenge and just tell everybody, you know, pray for those. That's why I say pay it for you know, somebody's depending on you to pray and somebody's depending on you to fast and, and to be consecrated to Lord, to, 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 to play it forward because uh, someone's dependent on you that when they come into the church, you don't have to look at them. You don't have to say nothing. You could just feel their presence. You might have noticed them walk in, but you should be praying for that individual. You should be touching and agreeing with them that they came in to meet the Lord. And that's what we want them to meet. We don't want them to meet Pastor Carl. You know, uh, he's not God. He didn't die on a cross for them. We don't want them to meet the bishop. We don't want, you know, that there's good just to meet the family of God. But I'm talking about meeting the Lord. We need to meet the Lord. All of us need to meet the Lord. It, you know, the, from the from the pulpit to the back door to the around those that everybody that's on the premises need to meet the Lord. That's what it's about. It's about meeting the Lord. And that's what Solomon is praying about. Lord, that's why he keep talking about if they come into the house or they come into the church. Lord, they come in to meet you. They heard about your greatness. They heard about your power. They heard about your might. They're coming to meet you. That all the people of the earth may know thy name and fear thee and doeth thy people Israel that they may know that the house which has been built is called by your name. It's called by your name. Someone thought going to church was not necessary, but understand something. The church was made to honor God's name. And in the honoring of his name, God becomes very demonstrative. Healing takes place. Salvation takes place. Things change because of the power. That's what we've just been praying about, the change that occurs because of praying and seeking God. Israel would not pray. They would not seek God. They turned and they went a different way. And the way that they went was not good. We're not trying to be like Israel. We're being as God has called us to be. And that is saying, Lord, here I am. Here I am to worship. Here I am to praise. Here I am to lift you up. I'll never know what it took to, to handle my sins on the cross, but I am so glad that you did it for me because I could not do it myself. None of us could do it for ourselves. I want to uh, challenge you with something tonight, and, and that is this. And I'm going to read this from the book of Judges, the 13th chapter, uh, the 15th through the 20th verse. It says, and uh, Moni said unto the angel of the Lord, I pray thee, let us detain thee until we have made thee ready a kid for thee. And the angel of the Lord said unto uh, to, to Manoah, thou, uh, thou detainest me, I will not eat of thy bread. 
And if thou wilt offer a burnt offering, thou must offer it unto the Lord. For Manoah knew not that he was an angel of the Lord. He didn't know who he was speaking with. You know, the Lord, uh, the Bible said many have entertained angels unaware. And, you know, sometimes God comes into our presence and we're not aware that he's there. Uh, he may send one of his messengers. Uh, the Bible, uh, we, we're compassed about with a great cloud of witness. He didn't know this was the angel of the Lord. And so the Bible says that Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, what is thy name? And when thy saying come to pass that we'll honor thee. In other words, when, when we have this child, we're going to honor the child by naming him after you. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, why ask thou thus after my name, seeing it is a secret. So Noah took a kid with a meat offering and offered it upon a rock unto the Lord. Whatever we do, we're doing it unto the Lord. The Bible tells us uh, later in the uh, that, that in the ministry it says, whatever we do in word or deed, do in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. And the angel did wondrously. And Manoah and his wife looked on. They were astonished. They were amazed. For it came to pass when the flame went up toward heaven from off the rock that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. Manoah and his wife looked on and fell on their faces. They fell on the ground. In fear, they fell on the ground and uh, began to worship. You know, uh, so we can see something that God does that, as I said earlier, that just humbles you and, and just causes to stagnate you and just causes you to, to buckle and to yield, cause you to melt like butter on a hot skillet. The children of Israel would not do that. They wouldn't yield themselves. The Bible says that the Ammonites, this hostile enemy to Israel, because they had, they were hostile, been, had, was shamed because of Israel. Now they were coming against Israel. The children of Israel had a way out and they didn't take it. Let's make sure that we take the way out, that we take the exit plan. I want to challenge our listeners that if you're praying and you're seeking God, you're following along with, with, with Sunday morning live here, you're listening to inside the pages, you know, and you're following along in our Bible class and our, our Sunday worship. If you're following us and you're praying and seeking God, I, I, I want to let you know that 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 we're real. This isn't about play. And that the Bible said, whatever you do in secret, God will reward thee openly. As you pray and seek God, as you add, maybe there's questions or you have a conversation. I know that we have experienced it here where we've had conversations or somebody had a conversation with, with somebody else. And, you know, and as the word of God went forth, the answer to their question or the ministry uh, began to exhort on what their conversation was. And, and I didn't have knowledge about it and uh, neither did, or maybe it was another minister that was up and they didn't have knowledge about it, you know, but God does. God knows, as Solomon said, he knows the heart. As Ezekiel was dealing with the people, because God knows the heart. And because he knows the heart, he knows how to answer those questions and he knows how to minister to us and give us the right word at the right time. God knows just what to do. And so with that being said, you know, want to just encourage you to continue on and to seek God and to not yield yourself to anything, but yield unto the spirit of the Lord.
Bless you, Lord Jesus. As we come to a close, amen. We want to go before the Lord in a word of prayer. Uh, you know, um, whatever the situation is, God knows how to handle that situation. Whatever, uh, whatever you're dealing with, God knows how to give us wisdom. You know, God knows just what to do. And so let's let's bow our heads and go before the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, as we have gathered together near the, the audio systems, Lord God, in our cars and various places, Lord Jesus, and whether we have work listening, or maybe we're getting ready for bed or, or getting up, Lord Jesus, we just pray and ask that you would bless your word to stay stirred in our heart. Lord Jesus, that we don't sin against you. Lord God, and forgive us of things that we may have done or not even thought about, Lord God. And Lord Jesus, we want to be in, we want to be in one accord with you. We want to line up with your will because we want to hear your voice say, well done, good and faithful servant. Lord God, we want to hear that. Lord, if you should tarry on tomorrow, we want to hear it when we rise up in the morning as we go throughout the day. Lord God, we want to feel your presence and we want your presence to be felt by others. Lord God, we thank you and we honor you, Lord. Lord, we, when we come together, we're coming together to worship you. We're coming together to honor your name because you are strong. You are mighty. You are resilient. We honor you, Lord God. Lord Jesus, and we thank you for blessing us with a mind. Lord God, those that are sick in their body, touch them, Lord God. Heal those that are in their bed right now, Lord God, that can't get up. But Lord Jesus, bless them. Those that are going to visit someone that's sick. Send your anointing before them, Lord God. Lord, let them be healed right now according to thy will in the name of Jesus. Lord, we'll be careful to give your name the praise and to give you glory in Jesus' name. Just want to encourage you to join in with us again at on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Go to a church of truth and power near you. When it's time, gather together in Jesus' name. God bless you.